G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you might have heard the saying, think globally, act locally. Well, perhaps it's more of a recent saying that's been used to encourage bigger thinking and planning and the environment and education. But of course, it's nothing new to Christians who have a real appreciation of thinking globally and acting locally. We have a great commission and an internal compass that causes us to think globally and in all of that thinking to act where we are planted. Well, in fact, there is a development on the saying introduced by a cartoonist that takes the saying just a step further. Think globally, act locally and panic internally. Well, I don't think we should be prone to panic, but urgency and concern are emotions we shouldn't discount as the world is changing so quickly. Well, Charles Newington is the National Director of Family Voice Australia. I want to make a special welcome back to 2020 for 2019. Hello, Charles. Welcome back. Hello, Neil. Nice to be back. Thank you. Well, Charles, great to have you back on 2020. Looking forward to some wonderful conversations coming over the year ahead. You have been reflecting of these recent times on some of the global issues as they impact us here in Australia and with the reality that what happens globally affects us in our local communities. What are your biggest thoughts for some of the issues and trends that you're noticing? Oh, thank you, Neil. Well, uh, people have probably heard that the World Economic Forum is taking place at the present moment in Davos, Switzerland, and uh, the, the global business and political leaders uh, go once a year, early in the year, to have a look at the year and to and to prognosticate, you know, to try to predict uh, where it's going to go. And uh, the theme this year is they're recognising that globalization what this thing we've been dealing with for you know 30 40 years now the way in which the economies of the nations are being kind of interconnected uh, particularly and uh, this has developed um, to another level what they're observing is that now the the great new wave of globalization is the globalization of technical services online the way that um, it used to be about moving factories to countries where the labour was cheaper. Now it's the fact that in countries like India, for instance, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people that can deliver uh, services like um, banking services, engineering services, media services, uh, information research, all those sorts of things. They can deliver those services, website, website development, um, and um, you know we're very familiar with things like um, telephone answer, uh, answering services and uh, those sorts of things. This is all happening uh, now, um, not in developed economies, but it's happening in in developing economies, and uh, um, it's changing the way in which business is is happening. And uh, a, a country like Australia, for instance, is that we, it's said that we're a service economy now. We're not an industrial economy anymore, are we? There's such a change and, and people that are coming and being trained in countries like India, they're finding 
that there are opportunities in this country to fulfil those jobs, and they come in on uh, on on visas, you know, employment visas to fill these kind of service sector jobs. Um, and uh, and bit by bit, we discover that the nation changes because the nature of the economy is creating this massive social change, and it's it's not going away. It's um, it's it's the new the new Australia, and we can either be threatened by it and and look at this great diversity that's happening in our nation as something that's a that, that's that going to lose the character of the nation, or we can recognise that it's one of those global things that's happening. We can't stop it, but we, what we can see is the opportunities of it to reach people uh, and uh, to have um you know have a real impact for Christ. And, of course, Charles, uh, very well to say, isn't it wonderful we have the Internet? And so many people see the Internet as just a form of communication and entertainment. But it's so much more because it's the thing that is linking the globalisation issues that you're talking about. And these things can't be ignored, and uh, we ignore those at our own peril, uh, both as a nation and also individually. Uh, because we can't be ignorant about these things. Everyone needs to take some level of responsibility here as to what sort of changes are going on and how it will yeah. affect us in our own local communities. Yes, well, one of the things that's happening is that people that are not benefiting from this, uh, what we might call uh, this technological educational advance, um, they are feeling left behind. And, and so you see that communities that, that don't have, say, like in our own country, you know, there's this, um, strong complaint that the uh, that the NBN is not available in regional and rural Australia, and so as a result of that, they don't have the opportunity to participate in the global economy, and they and they get cranky with that. Um, in many ways, there are other people that aren't benefiting from these what we might call more upper income jobs that are in this in this technology based um, white collar environment. Um, they they feel like um, um, you know the economy's not working for them, and so they start to feel um, that um, uh, that the capitalism or the Western democracies that they're not working for them. But when you look globally, uh, this is happening across the world in countries that are not democracies. The countries that are not democracies have got a seething mass of people that are feeling um, very very. Um, um, uh, you know, um, neglected uh, by economic development, and 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 they have another reason to leave those countries. They, they're poor, they're disadvantaged, and they're going to take a boat. If there's a boat out of town, they're going to take it. You know, if they can, if they can walk to that wall that Donald Trump's trying to build and find a way through it, they will do it because their own countries are not giving them the opportunity to advance because they're seeing other people that are advancing in their own country and driving these new vehicles and the middle class is growing. But there's, there's this big group of people that are not a part of that, that upward mobility. And so they, they're going to try and find a, a, a way to make a better life for their children. And it's destabilizing. It's destabilizing the world because it's a global issue now. You know, whether we're talking about Africans moving across the Mediterranean or Asians moving across um, you know, the Coral Sea uh, or whether we're talking about the South Americans that are moving up through Mexico or trying to get across the border, whatever. This is now a global thing. It's, it's, it's not going to be stopped by some little, um, some little political band-aid, you know. It's a profound economic problem that the world finds itself in now. 
such an insightful connection, Charles, uh, to talk about the globalisation, to be linking that with the way that technology is used to link us all globally and then to actually draw to a conclusion here that one of the things that's causing the social instability and political instability is this desire for education. Uh, the idea that there might be mass migrations of people because they're feeling as though their own government, their own communities are not meeting their needs. They recognise they're being left behind, uh, both uh, in all well in all sorts of dimensions, uh, whether it's uh, socially, uh, whether it's to do with uh, their employment opportunities. Uh, but as you say, education is an important part of this, and uh, we can't avoid uh, this idea that education is something that we have a real benefit for in our, uh, that we have a real uh, opportunity to have in our own local community. Perhaps we're not actually utilising the the opportunities as much as we ought to. What are well, your thoughts? I agree. I agree with you entirely. I, I think that, you know, when you've lived in a poor society, you know the value of an opportunity. You know how important it is to get out of poverty. You know? But if you've lived on the sheep's back for several generations, you take your education for granted. And, uh, you know, that's, I see that happening all the time in this country, that people who, who've who assume privilege, you know, that we, we can assume privilege because we're the people who were born and raised here and this is our country and, and it's our government providing free education nominally for us, that sort of thing. But, but the world has changed. People need to realise that, that education is a tremendous, a tremendous privilege and it's so important for us to, to realise that... Um, that, that we can't just go off to university if we don't like this course, change and take another one. If we don't like that one, change another one. And in the end, of it, we've got a, a hex bill of $70,000 and we don't care about it because when we, when we die, they'll take it off our, off our um, estate or something like that. You know, this thinking is just so, uh, you know, it's so out of touch with the urgency of the poor that are moving into developed countries and taking full advantage of the opportunities that, that these countries like ours provide them with. I think there's a takeaway from this, Charles. It's think about your own educational prospects and start something uh, and uh, get ahead and uh, understand uh, the way that things are changing and it will depend on educational issues. Uh, look, there's lots to talk about, global trends, yeah, global yeah. issues. Uh, let's just touch on for a moment uh, expectations geopolitically, uh, China and the US uh, with some tensions there and Australia's in the middle. What are your thoughts about some of those developments and where Australia sits in the tensions between the US and China? Well, I can see that, and I'm sure all of us are watching this with, with great care, that the tension between these two nations is that China doesn't just manufacture a lot of goods, it sells a lot of goods to the U.S. economy, and it relies very, very much upon the American market uh, for its, its boom, its financial boom. But it, it, it's getting its raw materials from Australia, you know, so that as China and the U.S. have a tiff about about the cost of imports from China into the U.S., etc., um, that that shrinks the economy, you know, and and it means that there's less demand for uh, Australian iron ore and and coal and other raw materials. Uh, and so, in a sense, that that issue that's going on up there has a real backflow uh, impact upon us. And when we're called into, uh, you know, support our allies in uh, in the South China Sea or whatever by 
not allowing Chinese imperial expansion here, there or into the Asia-Pacific region. You know, we have to take that role. There's a very real impact, economic impact upon us as we do it. And that's going to make people uncomfortable in this country. Uh, you know, they, they're going to want us to somehow disconnect from from that global issue. But we can't. That's the nature of the world now. It's one world. We're all tied in together. And um, and it's going to be one of the factors that we'll have to we'll have to accept and manage as well as possible. So what we're looking for in, when we look about future governments is we're looking for the government that will manage that kind of global issue as well as possible. Don't expect to disengage. Don't expect that there won't be a, a, an issue. We, we, we seek good, responsible uh, political management in issues like that. Well, the truth is, in Australia, we might think that we're a little isolated, but in globalisation, we're yeah. not isolated at all. We're not very much interconnected, uh, interconnected, and those relationships are going to be intensely important. Some yeah. other big issues to touch on, and we might not have a lot of time to talk in deep uh, in depth about some of these things, but uh, you're looking at global trends and yeah. uh, even acknowledging the idea that there'll be a likely revival of al-Qaeda as a global terror network through the coming year. What are your thoughts there, Charles? Well, it, it, you know, the people that are watching it carefully, and it's coming up in the media, that actually, in terms of its organisation, it's larger now than it was in the, in the period of the, uh, you know, the, the September attacks, 9-11 attacks. It's, it's gone global, and it's all over the place, and it's, it's kind of repositioning itself. And um, so it's making people wonder about how to manage these sorts of issues. And the decision is rather than trying to have the fight in Afghanistan, um, you know, just be better equipped to manage security on a local level in our own backyards and in our own airports. Um, so that's that. But the, the other big thing that people are probably aware of is the fact that, that, um, that the conflict between Israel and Iran, you know, Iran has been has been determined to uh, get rid of Israel and overcome Israel, and it's using its, its surrogate uh, Hezbollah and others to do it and has been working in Syria to do that. And, and now the conflict between Iran and, uh, and Israel in Syria is overt. It's out there, undisguised. Um, and, and that's a real escalation. So um, this is part of the vacuum of the U.S. moving out and, and, and Russia taking such a passive view in this situation. Um, who knows where that's going to go, but it certainly is something that will be on the agenda this year. Yes, and all the potential to be very messy, as it has very. been over the past five years. Uh, Charles, uh, very quickly, one that we will often talk about in the months ahead. Uh, this is the idea that there is a move against freedom of religion. Uh, when we talk trends uh, internationally and what's happening in Australia, this is one of those things to watch closely. Yes, there's um, in in one way this is a this is a good thing because what it makes people like the Christians, religious people, it makes them once again value their faith and ask the question, what is it about my faith that is so important, and and um, and what must I defend about it, and and it makes us realise again that um, that there are aspects of our faith that are not just good for us but that are good for all humanity and so for instance the focus on the family that uh, that the church has been has led through the centuries 
imperfectly. The church is not a perfect organization and we've, we've made some terrible mistakes and, can, and will continue to do so. But in terms of our aspirational theology, in terms of what we seek to be and what we, we're guided to be by the scriptures and by our King Jesus, we seek, we seek to encourage a, a, a nature of family life that is absolutely fundamental to the well-being of humanity. And uh, when we start to, uh, you, you know, to, to be denied the, the opportunity to do that, to speak that, it, it's not just about our freedom. It's about what happens in the rest of our society. And so historically, I, I, I use the analogy of the fact that Christians are like the canary in the gold mine, you know. That when, when Christians start getting uh, targeted, when, when their values start getting targeted, what that's actually doing by the bullies that target us is it's their way of sending a message to the rest of society that if they don't keep uh, and stay in, in line, you know, they're the next ones that will be taken out. And, and so uh, um, we are like the vulnerable ones because as Christians, you know, we're not supposed to take up arms and we're supposed to be passive and that sort of thing and that we're, we're an easy mark, we're, we're easy to persecute. That's the global narrative. That's what they do in, uh, in other countries, like they're doing in China at the present moment, putting hundreds and hundreds of Christians in prison. And um, who's talking about it? Who's, who's mentioning it? It almost goes unmentioned. You know? so, and uh, and bringing that just close to home, Charles, of course, as we are Christian parents, it's not just Christian parents who have so much to lose in a argument over uh, religious freedom, but all yeah. parents, because all parents would agree that they want to raise their children in a context uh, where that's they have their them. own values. That's right, and, and, of course, uh, what some of the things, some of the developments uh, intend to do is take away the parents' right to be able to raise their children and educate their children according to their own values. Charles, we have run out of time, and uh, I just appreciate your great insights. I look forward to many of these wonderful conversations with you as we do at this time on a Thursday, and uh, asking the Lord's blessing on you and all of those who are a part of your wonderful ministry called Family Voice Australia. Uh, let me p- point people to the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. And I note, Charles, uh, you've had a wonderful redevelopment of your website. Uh, there's oh, some tremendous right. articles there, even on the front page right now. I'll point people to them, familyvoice.org.au. Charles, thanks for joining us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.